All right, welcome back to another episode of the Complete Game Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Guerin. Today we're going week nine, waiver wire show, headed into week 10. And I'm just going to get right into it. I have limited time, so I'm going to give you all the content right away. I'm going to give you all the content. I'm going to give you all the information right in a row. And I'm, I'm going to go fast. I'm still going to deliver good content. I'm not going to go too fast, but uh, I am limited for time here, and I want to get this out since every league or pretty much every league waivers close on Tuesday. Waivers go through Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. So I want to make sure I get this out to the listeners that are listening. Um, I haven't been averaging too, too many listeners. I've been getting a, a good steady, almost the same number of listeners every week. So whoever is listening out there, if you're one of those listeners who are consistently listening every week, I'm still doing this show for you guys. I'm doing it for everyone who's actually listening, who can get something out of this. It's tough when you don't get as many listeners as you'd like to. And sometimes you almost want to just stop doing it because you don't feel like it's worth it. But uh, there are some people out there that are listening that have been listening to all the shows and that have been getting helped by me doing these waiver shows. So I'm going to get into it week nine going into week 10. Please share this podcast. Uh, keep listening. If you have been listening, share it to other people. Hopefully this can help anybody out there. Hopefully this, even if it helps one person, hopefully it can help people out with their fantasy teams and get to the fantasy playoffs. Number one waiver wire edition this week. If Mike Davis was dropped in your league, you need to pick Mike Davis back up, spend your budget, use your waiver priority, go get Mike Davis on your team. McCaffrey could miss some time, could miss next week, could miss some time. McCaffrey with a shoulder injury after coming back last week, putting up 40, 35, 40 fantasy points. He is banged up again. It remains to be seen whether he's going to miss games. But if he does, Mike Davis going right back to that RB1 um, that RB1 playing ability. Number two, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson is fast. He's extremely fast. He's electric with the ball in his hands. He's extremely dynamic. Over the last few years, he is one of those players that has been the most efficient running backs in the league. High yards per carry, high yards per touch. He makes people miss. He has good speed. Duke Johnson has never been given a primary back role. He's never been given the chance to do anything with a ton of snaps. He's never been given a huge workload, never been given a ton of targets. And he's always just been that, that 1B running back. And if David Johnson has to miss this week due to a concussion, he can step in and be that 1A running back for the really the first time in his career. Duke Johnson last week, once David Johnson went out, Duke Johnson had four catches. He had 16 carries when David Johnson got injured. So if uh, I think he played all this, almost all the snap, snaps, except, except for a few, excuse me. So he was playing all the snaps. He was getting, he had 20 plus touches. That's evidence enough that they're going to use him as the primary back if David Johnson has to miss next week. So Duke Johnson, number one waiver priority add. If David Johnson misses next week, Duke Johnson is a must play. Next, Jarek McKinnon. If Jarek McKinnon was dropped in your league, you need to pick him back up as well. He played almost all the snaps last week. 50 yards and a touchdown, added in three catches. The snaps were there. The offense is going to get better with uh, Debo Samuel and Ayuk probably coming back. 
that uh, that just if when the offense is better, that means there's more scoring opportunities. I know McKinnon's touchdown was at the very very end of the game, almost the last play of the game. McKinnon got in the end zone, but uh, 50 yards, three catches, and a touchdown, 14, 15 fantasy points. That's not bad at all. But the most important thing is that he played almost all the snaps. Wayne Gallman is another good add if Wayne Gallman's still not owned in one of your leagues. I've gone over Wayne Gallman at least once or twice the last few weeks here. Wayne Gallman, another solid game on the ground, 14 for 70 and a touchdown. Giants have an easy schedule coming up. Gallman is a decent add. If you need running back help, if you need running back depth, if you need somebody to come in and get you 10, 12 fantasy points just so you don't have to start somebody random and get you a low score, Wayne Gallman is that guy. The receptions aren't as high as we would like to see them at. I think he only had one this week. And pass catching is supposed to be his strong suit. So in that regard, he's not a... Obviously not any sort of great, great play. But he is a solid play at this point. He's been doing solid the last few weeks. As long as Devontae Freeman is out, Wayne Gallman is a solid fantasy play. J.D. McKissick. McKissick, nine catches on 14 targets this week. These guys that don't play all the snaps and are kind of just pass-catching backs are very game script dependent. So be very, very careful with J.D. McKissick. I, I wouldn't really play him unless you are desperate, desperate, desperate and have absolutely nobody to start at running back in a PPR league. McKissick's game script dependent. If, the, if Washington is winning, they're not going to dump the ball off. They're not gonna. They're not gonna pass. They're just gonna run with Gibson. But uh, Alex Smith has given McKissick tons and tons and tons of targets in Smith's limited action. So Alex Smith, probably the starter going forward, likes to dump off to McKissick. So if you're in a PPR league, absolutely desperate, go get J.D. McKissick. Next, Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. So if Henderson has to miss this week, the Rams schedule starts to lighten up a little bit. They start playing some NFC West opponents, Arizona, Seattle, and uh, even San Fran isn't that great of a defense now with all their injuries. So they're going to start playing these teams. It's going to be competitive. They're going to be in the game. They're going to be passing, trying to score a lot of points against their division rivals. And Brown, I don't love Brown as a player, but if Henderson is out, Brown is a guy that can get you 10 fantasy points. And then Cam Akers, the rookie, has the upside. Akers hasn't done much all year this year. But uh, all it takes is one big big week for a team to hand over the reins to a rookie running back. All it takes is one week. Cam Akers, prolific producer in college at Florida State. All it takes is one week. Cam Akers likely dropped in your leagues unless you're in a super deep competitive league. Cam Akers is worth an add. Cam Akers on the Rams with his talent has the chance to be a, a league winner. I'm not saying he is a league winner, but I'm saying there is a chance he is the type of player that can be a league winner. That's pretty much it for running backs this week. Some guys that you can stash are Tony Pollard. Pollard pretty much played better than Zeke. He had more yards than Zeke on half the carries this week. Zeke is just... I know the hamstring injury, but Zeke is just not playing well this year. Zeke does not have the burst anymore. And if you go watch any Cowboys game, Tony Pollard has the burst. Tony Pollard has the juice 
to turn in big runs. Tony Pollard has the juice to break a long catch and run. And Zeke, with this hamstring problem, if they keep losing and losing and losing, maybe they say, you know what, Zeke, we're going to say you're injured, even if he's maybe not injured. Maybe they're going to say, you know what, Zeke's not feeling great. We're going to bench him the next couple weeks. Zeke's got this lingering injury. Could just be a, a ruse, some sort of front that the Cowboys say and say, hey, Zeke's got this lingering issue. We're going we're gonna to lay him down and not play him the last two, three weeks of the season. And really, that could happen because the Cowboys are losing. Maybe they want better draft capital now. That They're not completely out of the playoff race yet, which is how bad that division is. But as they fall further and further out, if the Cowboys do end up in a scenario where they're out, maybe want better draft capital, they, they chalk it up as a lost season. They say, hey, Zeke, we've got a lot of money invested in you. We need you for next season where we can, can compete again. We're just going to sit you down. We're going to say you have an injury. Take the last few weeks of the season off so you don't get injured for next season so we can have you back fresh next year. And we're just going to let Pollard go for the last couple weeks. And if that happens, Pollard, instant league winner, RB1, no doubt about it. And then Anthony McFarland is the other stash here. Anthony McFarland is a nice running back stash. He had three carries behind Connor last week. Two catches for 15 yards behind Connor. It appears Anthony McFarland, the rookie out of Maryland, is the number two behind Connor. James Connor has not been playing well this this last few weeks and really even this season. Connor does not look explosive. He hasn't had any big runs, low yards per carry, barely catching passes every week. Connor has not been great, or at least not exciting. Connor hasn't done anything exciting. He hasn't done anything great this year. He's just been average. And McFarland has unbelievable speed. If he can, if he can somehow claim the starting role if Connor gets injured, McFarland has juice as well. Wide receivers, Richie James, Richie James almost a fade ad at this point. Richie James likely not a factor. I'm pretty sure Debo and Ayuk are both going to be back next week. Ayuk I know got taken off the COVID list. Debo should be back healthy ready to go in the next game and Richie James off that huge week nine catches 180 yards and a touchdown likely not going to do that again if Debo and Ayuk are active if they're inactive Richie James fire him up Alan Lazard go get him if if he's not picked up if you have an IR spot go stash him in your IR spot until he comes back he's set to return Aaron Rodgers is lighting it up this year. Get Lazard. Um, Lazard is a much better player than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Scantling scored two touchdowns. I'm pretty sure two catches. And Alan Lazard is much better than Scantling. Go get Lazard. Stash him on your bench. Number two receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Chris Conley is a decent add this week. Conley, seven catches, 50 yards with Lutton at quarterback. Jake Lutton, Luton, however you pronounce it. Jake Lutton, he was throwing a ton of deep targets. I know Chark had a Chark had a super deep yards per target. Chris Conley has speed. He's a 4-3 guy. Chris Conley has some speed to burn. And Lutton likes to throw deep. Seven catches. That's a really nice game. Seven catches, 52 yards. That's a really solid game. And 
that'll that'll do in in fantasy and deep PPR leagues. That'll do with a, a potential for a deep touchdown with Lutton throwing a lot of deep balls. Michael Pittman, the rookie, he's big, he's fast. I would say he is a more polished, less explosive version of Chase Claypool. Claypool ran a faster 40 at a Claypool ran a faster 40, I'm pretty sure, at, at a big size. And Claypool is a big threat, big play threat waiting to happen. But uh, Michael Pittman actually had a better college profile. Pittman was great at USC. He uh, he had some tough target competition. Amon Ross St. Brown was there when Michael Pittman was there. He is going to be a, a higher up draft pick, I think, next year. And Michael Pittman played good alongside him. He played well alongside um, Amon Ross St. Brown. So uh, Michael Pittman coming back from injury, four catches, 50 yards, 56 yards to be exact, 87% snap share. Um, Pittman is a guy to pick up and stash for the rest of the year. Could be productive the more he plays. As as we all know with rookies, sometimes it takes time for them to get used to playing. Sometimes it get takes time for them to get acclimated. Michael Pittman, as the year goes on, could see more and more snaps, could see more and more targets, and could be fantasy relevant. Solid college prospect, was great at the Senior Bowl. Like I said, he's not as explosive, not as... There's not as much of a chance as a big play as Claypool was, but as prospects in the same class, Pittman is was almost a little more refined version of Claypool, a little less explosive and a little bit more refined, so he could be a solid option. Danny Amendola, not a great option. 7 for 77 with Galladay likely to miss some time. I mean, hey, if you're desperate... PPR league, if you're desperate, deep league, take a shot. But uh, Amendola, not not a high upside play, just a desperation play with some sort of built-in floor if Galladay has to miss time. Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel has the juice. Curtis Samuel is fast. He's explosive. He's dynamic. He does a bunch of awesome things. They're starting to find ways to get him the ball. They do those little the, the little jet sweep in front of the quarterback and shotgun, and they, and they give him the little toss, and he runs with it. They're, they're using him all over the place. Curtis Samuel, nine catches, over 100 yards, scored again this week, I'm pretty sure. Had a great week last week. Curtis Samuel, they are finding ways to get him the ball, pick him up. He's explosive. That's a that's a common trend here with with waiver wire ads is explosiveness. If they are fast, if they can deliver big plays, then they are worth adding in fantasy football. In fantasy, when you combine opportunity, the targets, the snaps, the routes run with the speed, then good things are going to happen when the ball is being put into the hands of players that are fast a lot. David Moore for the Seahawks has some big weeks here and there in a great offense. Great receiver for Russell Wilson, number three receiver there in Seattle. Should Metcalf or Lockett go down, David Moore could step into a huge role in Seattle for Russell Wilson. K.J. Hamler, the rookie from Penn State, he's extremely fast. He's explosive as well. Six for 75 this week, had a 15-yard rush. Now that he's healthy, they're also finding him ways to get the ball 
Like I said, the 15-yard rush, they're finding ways to get the ball in his hands. He's fast. He can make big plays happen. 75% snap share this week. That is a great number. Hamler is getting targets. He's getting rush attempts, and he's playing all the snaps. So Hamler, definitely worth a speculative ad. Could have some upside. Jacoby Myers, 12 catches, 170 yards. Huge, huge week against the Jets. The only thing that concerns me is Cam passing the ball. Cam is almost a liability at this point passing the ball. No touchdown passes since week three. And Meyer did this losing. Um, when, the, when the Patriots were losing, they had to pass to catch up. And they had to pass against the probably the worst team. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say the worst defense, but they're definitely the worst team in the league and a terrible, terrible defense. Maybe not the worst. I don't know who's the worst, but it's bad. We all know the Jets defense is bad. We all know the Jets are bad. So Jacoby Myers doing that against the Jets is impressive. He's getting the routes. He's getting the targets. He's getting the catches. But uh, there's not much upside in this Patriots offense with Cam passing. They get Isaiah Ford probably going to step in and start taking some couple targets away per game. But uh, Myers, if you need a guy, PPR, definitely add Myers on your team. Uh, lock him in PPR-wise. If uh, you don't have anybody else, if you're desperate for options, you definitely can't go wrong at this point with Myers over some of the other guys that I've listed, like an Amendola. Curtis Samuel's got the upside. Um, Pittman has some upside. but or Lazard has upside. Hamler has upside, but you can start Myers over guys like Amendola, Chris Conley, Richie James. Those guys, you can confidently start Myers over those replacement level guys. And then the last receiver, worth adding, Denzel Mims, seven plus targets in two of three games back. The Jets offense actually looked competent on Monday night. The first time all year, I'm pretty sure that Perriman, Crowder, and Mims were all healthy. And they're actually all solid receivers. So if all three can stay healthy and on the field at the same time, the Jets offense might get a little better with Sam Darnold throwing to all these guys. The Jets offense might see a slight, slight improvement over the next couple weeks if you do see those guys all playing at the same time. That's actually not a horrible receiving core. Mims is leading the since he or this week, I know for sure. Led the team in routes run, targets, snaps, all those things. So Mims is establishing himself as the alpha. Great profile, great speed. He's big, great college producer, good agility, all those things. One of the best combines we've seen. One of the best college producers we've seen at Baylor. Great senior bowl. Mims checks all the boxes and is a very, very high speculative upside stash and add. Tight ends, all that's really going on at tight end. Austin Hooper, pick him back up if he was dropped after that injury. He's coming back, had 10 PPR points in three straight games before his injury. More targets with Odell out. So with OBJ out, there's more targets to go around in Cleveland. It's not all going to go to Landry. So there's more targets to go around. Austin Hooper likely a beneficiary of that. Hayden Hurst is the other ad. Hayden Hurst has four straight weeks over 10 PPR points. He has consistently had a solid floor over the last couple weeks. You can sure do worse than Hayden Hurst at tight end at this point in a PPR league.
and then some other stashes. You can stash Jalen Rager. You can stash Dallas Goddard, these two Eagles guys coming off of the bye week. Stash Eagles, stash players in good offenses. And finally, my last point is to start stashing players in good offenses who have extreme upside. So if you're already going to make the playoffs, if you know you're in the playoffs, start stashing players like Tony Pollard. Guys like that who are league winners if the starter gets hurt, if the starting running back gets hurt for the rest of the year, something like that. Start stashing these guys that are league winners. 99% of them will be running backs. But Curtis Samuel, Jalen Rager, these guys are explosive players who could be league winners as well at the wide receiver position. Goddard could be a league winning tight end. So stash these guys on your bench if you have the room. Start getting rid of those guys on the end of your bench that you're never going to play. Start getting rid of that dead weight and start adding some, some upside stashes. Okay, that is the week nine waivers headed into week 10. Follow me on Twitter at Casey underscore G14 if you have any questions. And thanks again for listening. I'll be back next week for the week 10 waiver show.